everybody, and welcome to episode 563 of Good Luck High Five. That's right. You're listening to a podcast that's for you if you play Magic the Gathering. Whether you are super excited to head on out to a Lost Caverns of Ixalan pre-release this weekend, or you're like, hey, caves, not for me, man. (laughs) We're here for you. I'm one of your hosts, Maria. I'm another one of your hosts, Megan, who has, in fact, made it known in the past that caves, not my thing. Yeah, you know, um, I I can't remember the last time uh, I was in a cave, uh, honestly, but I would go back. I would go back. Well, would would cave again, you know? Yeah. (laughs) On today's episode, we have our amazing, our treasured, our most, our most favorite Judge Rob episode coming at you. Yes, uh, we're so excited today. This chair will soon be filled with none other than the bearded face of Judge Rob uh, to give us all of the lowdown on the tricky new cards, interactions, and mechanics from Lost Caverns of Ixalan so you can be ready for your pre-release this weekend because guess what? Uh, The first time to play with the cards is not on Arena, so you're going to have to know how they all interact with each other, how all this stuff works because the computer is not going to be helping you out. Maria, I want to make you a bet right now. Let's go. In my screen that I'm seeing, yeah, I'm going to be able to see more beard than face on Judge Rob. <laughs> that, I, you know what? I will not take that bet yeah. because I think you're going to be right. I'm absolutely <laughs> correct. More beard than face. More beard than face. Rob is going to be here in the studio with me, which is very exciting. But Megan is still on an away mission in Rhode Island uh, performing Shakespeare. So uh, we're going to be watching Megan on my laptop here. And she's got a great view of right up our noses currently. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or in Judge Rob's case, full like beard, full it's beard. The beard cam. Beard cam. Beard cam. Maybe we'll put host a beard cam as a special uh, for our Patreon subscribers because I know that is highly valued content. Oh, yeah. Right if you're there. a patron and you want to watch, if you want to watch the beard cam, please just let us know. <laughs> I don't want to leave value on the table. I'm a magic player after all, everybody. <laughs> Before we get to Judd Rob's uh, wonderful breakdown of the format, and in fact, our crowning of cutest and grossest card from Lost yes. Caverns of Ixalan, we actually have a ton of people to thank this week for giving us yacht money yes <laughs> Yay! thank you so much uh to the people who gave us yacht money and who uh as a result of that will also get shirts that say i gave megan and maria yacht money yeah absolutely great shirt um so we have ryan thank you ryan Native Runner, thank you so much. Jonathan, thank you. Jonathan, Manuel, thank you, Manuel, and Jeffrey. Yay, thank you so much to all of our yacht enthusiast listeners who understand the importance of living the life of luxury, not only on land, but also on sea. Um, Also, just because you get a yacht shirt does... (laughs) A yacht shirt does not mean that you don't get a pun. So here we go. Ooh, okay. Ryan... Thank you. You know, you're drying up my tears. Oh, my God. (laughs) From not having new patrons last week. There we go. That's my favorite all time right there. (laughs) Thank you, Ryan, for for that pun. Um, Native Runner, whose name I know is Tony. Um, Oh, oh man. Tony, you sure are a star for ponying up. An, another donation, an additional donation. Yeah, thank you for it. That was an increased pledge, right? Yeah, that was an increased pledge. Great. Thank you, Tony. Um, 
Jonathan. Oh Ooh, man, this, this is a t- this is a tough one to pun. Yes, honestly. Yes. Okay, Jonathan, I'm glad that you're a new member as opposed to being gone again. <laughs> you're a new member now, and we hope that next month you won't be gone again, Jonathan. John, this is mine. It only this took is going to be mine, Jonathan. I take a toboggan, nothing to see you for give you a high five in person. All right, that's a pretty good one. Um, terrible uh, points for referencing a toboggan. <laughs> yeah. Not enough talked about, you know, mode of snow transport. transportation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, Manuel, you're Manuel for becoming or for editing your pledge. Yay! Thank you, Manuel. Um, and Jeffrey, oh, Jeffrey, I'd crawl you're through the, you're your a- tubes to give you a thank you. That's a Star say, Trek Jeff- joke. Jeffrey, you're a referee for Good Times. Hey, that's go. pretty Whoa. good. Oh, my goodness. That was, you know, we really nailed some puns there, showing that we are the best, definitely the best in the pun business. Absolutely, we are. No question about it. Um, thank you so much, everybody, who uh, upped their pledge or became a new member to give us money for our very real yacht that we are going oh, yeah. to buy. Definitely the yacht that we're going to buy. Someone in our Discord very handily was like, just so you know, a yacht only has to have like a cabin and be like 33 feet or something. <laughs> so it's like. So you're saying there's a chance. Exactly. There's a chance that someday Maria and I could have a good luck high five yacht. Wow. And it's and just you know, like. Okay. A log with like a hut on it. Yeah, exactly. We can make a 33, 33 foot log, log with a hut on it <laughs> and call it a yacht. Does a hut count? Can I just turn over a garbage can and cut a face hole in it for air? Is Would that count? Yeah, I think so. Sweet yacht. Garbage right. yacht. <laughs> we have a yacht plan. <laughs> if you want to help us get a yacht that sounds like it's a terror chamber, uh, you can go to patreon.com slash GLHF magic. <laughs> and donate anything from one dollar a month a month by the way it's not per episode mm-hmm. we are dirt cheap everybody or ten dollars uh to help fund our garbage yacht that will get us probably arrested by the boat police <laughs> i mean i okay. can't imagine they just let us drive that thing down a river <laughs> yeah okay people who donated last week will now get the option of I gave Megan and Maria yacht money or I got Megan and Maria arrested by the boat police. <laughs> and in honor of the boat police. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't, I was not going to extend this, but if you don't, if you become a patron at $10 or you up your pledge, um, I, you can get a, uh, I got Megan and Maria arrested by the boat police. <laughs> All right. The challenge lives. The challenge lives the another challenge week, lives. everybody. The challenge lives. We'd love to see more people get. I did, in fact, already start looking up screen printing classes. So great, great. These shirts Uh, made by my own little thingies coming at you. I mean, that's high quality stuff right there. That's not just any old shirt. That is screen printed. Will last you a lifetime for all the people you want to to see. You wear this shirt. Yes, Uh, they'll be able to. Um, So thank you, everybody. Patreon.com slash GLHF Magic. Speaking of yachts, Card Kingdom. (laughs) They're like. You know, they are to card shipping as yachts are to boats. As they yachts are, th- are to the shipping business. Yeah, like they are the they are the yacht of customer service. That's so true. And the yacht of, of local game stores, honestly. Yes. 
because them the yacht of customer service. They're just new they're just so good. They're just so good. Um, their stores are beautiful. If you've ever been to a Card Kingdom store, they've got three locations now. Um, speaking of yachts, uh, their Portland location actually flooded the other night, um, which is super sad. And they posted about it on social media. So uh, we want to send our thoughts out to them. And if you want to help support them, get them, uh, you know, back and open and serving customers again, uh, head on over to their website and get some gear. If you're planning on doing some holiday shopping, they're a great place to get that done. Buy your friends some singles uh, that are upgrades for their commander decks. Uh, you can get the Doctor Who commander decks right now. You can pre-order Last Caverns of Ixalan. It's just a great place to get everything that you basically uh, need to, to, to do the thing you love most in life. Play our magical game. It's great. Hey, everybody. It's time to welcome Judge Rob to the show to give us all the details on Lost Caverns of Ixalan and the pre-release this weekend. How are you doing, Rob? I'm doing pretty well. It's been a busy couple of months. Had a great time at KubeCon. Uh, that was, again, the best event of the year. Just really, really good. Uh, got to head judge it. We had 46 simultaneous cubes drafting at once on Friday. Holy cow. It that's was, a lot of cubes. It was a lot of cubes. Uh, we only had 49 <laughs> available so we were coming up people were like should those three be out i'm like no they're my buffer <laughs> well you had you had buffer cubes <laughs> we had buffer cubes we we also had a couple bonus cubes we technically could have had up to um we could have had up to 440 drafters at once if all of the if everybody that registered and all of the special guests and all the judges that were off shift <laughs> drafted so we only had like 88 percent utilization or something uh, what a judge type stat <laughs> we just received from Rob. That's a beautiful thing. Very judge, yeah. So judge, very yeah. stat. Rob, uh, you're getting just ready to sling some spells this weekend. Um, Ixalan style. Uh, but before you do, let's kick it off with your patented Judge Rob PSA. PSA. Trademark. Uh, so uh, this is actually something that relates a little bit to KubeCon. Uh, there are different kinds of fun. Uh, the, it, especially in a magic contest, there'll be like competitive fun and like cooperative fun where you'll you're collaborating to to make that fun of the other person when you're playing cooperatively like playing commander and sometimes you're playing cube you collaborate to do something cool too and you you're getting a bunch of people together to do a fun thing but you're also competing uh neither of these are zero sum uh if you're familiar with zero sum as a concept my, me having fun takes away your fun which you're is right. a very blue blue player motto <laughs> but um in, in, in a magic sense, usually that's not the case. Usually both players get to have some amount of fun back and forth. They're swinging this in games. And be, just let other people have fun too. I, it, that's not quite the whole PSA. <laughs> it's it, 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 it Realize that like you don't have to take away other people's fun. You don't have to, to yell at them, be spiteful at them, but expect that they be perfect. Uh, it, a lot of the thing that came out of KubeCon was we had a lot of people that would uh, just try to make the best, cleanest, funnest magic happen. And sometimes they like we would get them on our side. We'd be like, look, if you're this is round three of your cube, your draft took a long time. All of your rounds have taken a long time. Uh, we have two more flights to go today. Uh, you guys, if you continue to play through time, we're not going to tell you you can't. But just know that you're delaying the next flight of 46 cubes. Every minute that you play is all those people not getting the chance to cube. And then they would just be like, you know, you're right. And then they would they would figure out a way to end their match reasonably, whether it be a draw or one person conceding because the person had a better deck or whatever. Uh, we had one cube that volunteered to play 30-minute rounds, which the MTR does not support. Uh, but they they did it anyways, and they got it done in time. <laughs> Great. Uh, which is very fun. Uh, but the people would make decisions that were enabling other people to have more fun as well. So 
sometimes do that because sometimes sometimes you can do these trade-offs and you'll still have fun and they'll still have fun and it's not zero sum. I feel like the more fun we collectively put into the universe, the more that there is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? The more yeah, blueberries true. we put in the pie, yeah. the more blueberries that exist. Yeah. I'm very smart. I just want to put yeah, that out. It's, well, it's, it's, it's a social thing, too, because... The more blueberries we put in the pie, the more blueberries exist. <laughs> yes. Okay. It's, it's, it's like okay, if you yeah. feed blueberries yeah, 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 to yeah, birds, yeah. you get yeah. more blueberries from bird poop or something. Exactly, Rob. Exactly. All right. We got yep. there. <laughs> but also, I love what you're saying. Like, there's different kinds of fun, and it's okay if somebody has their kind of fun, yeah. and it's okay if you have your kind of fun, as long as you're not yucking somebody's yeah. gum. Yeah, and... Yeah. And if you have 90% fun and they have 90% fun, that's better than you having 100% and them having 10%. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, great yeah. PSA, Rob. Uh, so, Lost Caverns of Bixalon. Uh, this set, we've been looking at the cards on this podcast yeah. the past couple of weeks. They look really, really sweet. And the first thing that we like to do is go over the returning mechanics, yes. of which one of my favorites of all time, and I think many people's, yes. is returning mm-hmm. in Explore. Uh, so, Explore, if you look at a card like Jade Light Spelunker, it's a Merfolk Scout. It's a 1-1 for green and X, which is the usual Hydra cost for like IV Elemental or whatever. And it says when it enters the battlefield, it explores X times. To it to have something explore, you reveal the top card of your library. You'll put that card into your hand if it's a land. Otherwise, you'll put a plus one plus one counter on the creature that explored. Or sometimes things that are creatures can explore. Uh, there's only really one way to do it in this set. Um, and then... You'll put that card back on top or in your graveyard. If it's a non-land, so you get to choose. So you get to basically, if it's a land, it always goes to your hand. If it's not a land, you get to surveil it. You don't actually surveil it for things that care about surveil. You're, you're putting surveil in quotation Surveil in quotation marks, because there's yeah. surveil cards in the set, too. Yeah. So um, yeah. the thing with Explore is the it's an instruction that's given. It might be in the middle of a trigger. It might be in the middle of spell resolving. Or in this case, this trigger has multiple explore. And so it tells you explore, explore, explore if you paid three mana for X. And if if it's in the middle of something resolving, you don't get priority randomly. Either. So you don't get to like see the card, put it back down, cast an op to draw your card. Yeah. Uh, it, for Jade Light Splunker notably, and for all the multiple explorers, if you explore in succession, you explore. And if it's a non-land, you leave it on top, you'll just see it again right away, which might just be put a, plus and, a bunch of plus and plus and counters on Jade Light Splunker. Uh, and... Like I said, nothing happens in between. There's a reanimation spell that uh, reanimates a creature and then you explore twice with that creature. Uh, that can reanimate a creature into being not a creature. If it's like a copy, if, if, if it like copies, so if, if it's a creature in your graveyard that's a clone, like a um, material pretender can copy any permanent. Okay. And so if you reanimate it to, re- to copy an artifact, you might have an artifact that's exploring. Uh, Weird. Yep. And so you'll get plus and plus encounters. Right. It can happen in limited in this set because there's a clone. And so you could reanimate and copy a crude vehicle and then have it enter as a as a non-creature artifact. It'll still get plus and plus encounters just fine. Wow, explore. What a joy. Yeah. Happy to see it returning. Yep, yeah, it's very fun. Uh, there's a bunch of other one-offs. I decided not to dig through them because they're like rebound appears on one card kind of stuff. And they all have the reminder text on them. And it starts to bog down after a while. Like they brought this mechanic back for one random car. Sure, sure. And uh, it's fine. Just read the read the cards and read the mechanics because they're a lot. Because they're going to have reminder text. Yeah, they're right? going to have reminder text. And it's a lot. It's just like reading the cards, Jen. 
Um, rebounds actually like on the back random card too. So you have to read a whole paragraph to get there, to even get rebound. So <laughs> excellent. So let's move into uh, new mechanics. Yeah. Starting with craft. Craft. Yeah. Let's look at like the Enigma Jewel. Uh, the Enigma Jewel is a single blue for a legendary artifact. The Enigma Jewel enters the battlefield tapped. Uh, you can tap it to add two colorless, and you can spend that mana only to activate abilities. You, and then it has this ability, craft with four or more non-lands with activated abilities, blue and eight. With head, which has a reminder text, blue eight, exile this artifact, exile the four or more from among other permanents you control and or cards in your graveyard, which is a giant word base. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have to pick. So in this case, you're picking four things that meet the criteria, which are car non-land things with activated abilities, and they have to be somewhere between the battlefield and graveyard. Um, <laughs> so they, they, I feel like yeah. I'm somewhere between the battlefield yeah. and graveyard. When I <laughs> yeah. aren't we all, man? We're all we're all just living there. Um, it's so for this, you could pick like say you have four cycling cards in your graveyard. You could pick just four cycling cards. And when you do that, they get exiled and this gets exiled. And then this will it will return from exile transform under its owner's control. And you can do this only as a sorcery. So only on your main phase with an empty stack, the normal, normal deal. The the thing with crafting is you exile this and the other cards as a cost. So nobody can like eat cards in your graveyard to stop you from crafting. Or nobody can can destroy your creatures to stop you from crafting. That's very important. Yeah, it, it's really relevant. Um, crafting stuff can also refer to the crafted cards. So on the other side of this, it's Locus of Enlightenment. It's a legendary artifact, and it says Locus of Enlightenment has each activated ability of the exiled cards used to craft it. You may activate each of those abilities only once each turn. Whenever you activate an ability that isn't a mana ability, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. Uh, it's just wild. I was just sitting here thinking about, like, what if it was just cycling cards this useless. Yeah, this, but well, I'll turn on the ability to like when you cycle another card from your hand, you get to draw two cards because you get to cycle twice. Wait, even though it's just it's on a permanent. That's well, this is whenever you activate an ability, any ability you. Activate, oh, okay. Not an ability of locus of enlightenment. I any see. activated ability you activate is double. Okay, all right. That's pretty spicy. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Uh, but the, so the locus refers specifically to the exiled crafted. And so you can craft this, as mentioned, with things with activated abilities. Treasures have activated abilities. Maps have activated abilities. We haven't talked about them yet, but they do. So you can use them to craft this if they're in the battlefield. They, they're tokens. They go to exile, and then they cease to exist. So this won't see the treasure ability. It won't see the map ability uh, because the tokens cease to exist when they go to exile. So that it just won't have those abilities? Yeah, it just it. won't have those abilities. Oh, you wouldn't want it to anyways because you wouldn't want to sacrifice it well. to mana. <laughs> I'm not a very good magic player, I Rob. Went, you spent, <laughs> I went through all of this. Yeah. I paid nine mana, and what I wanted you spent, was to yeah, tap and sack yeah, right. You spent ten mana. You spent, had to spend a mana up front to cast that enigma jewel. You, you, you oh, spent right. ten mana into this, really? and then you're going to make, you're going to, you know, sacrifice to be a treasure. Um, oh, yeah. And so uh, another thing of note is all of the crafting stuff exiles it, and then it returns it to the battlefield. If it was tapped before, it enters untapped. If it's a copy of a transforming double-faced card, so if you have, say, an artifact, a, a creature that becomes a copy of a creature that crafts, uh, and you craft with that copy, mm -hmm. if that copy is not a double-faced card, it cannot enter transformed and will remain an exile. Don't do this. Yeah, because a copy is a token. 
Well, so let's say, let's say that Mercurial Pretender, which can turn into a copy of any. Okay. I copy my opponent's my opponent's Enigma tool. Okay. And then I craft with the Mercurial Pretender. Okay. Mercurial Pretender gets exiled. It can do that. It can't return to the battlefield transform because it can't transform. It can't. Yeah, it only has one face. <laughs> and so in that case, you're just like, well, it stays exiled. Good use of nine mana. Well, something else that I will do in a game oh. of magic. Uh, and this is a very commanderish kind of thing to do, but it's not actually impossible to do in limited. So, um, excellent. Yeah. So it's a thing. Don't don't copy uh, don't copy transforming DFCs and expect to get anything out of it. Um, another thing of note is there are cards that care about mana value in this set. The mana value of a transform of the back face of a transforming double faced card is based on the front face. So the the Locus of Enlightenment doesn't have a mana value printed on it. Um, it's blue because it has a blue color identity marker on it. The mana value of it is one because the Enigma Jewel has a mana value of one. It, it uses the mana value of the front face. It does not have a blue mana symbol on the back, so it adds nothing to your devotion. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> Got no, it. No, it doesn't. Well, I mean... I hate double face cards are different from each other. Here's another thing: if you have a if you have a modal double face, and card, one more thing, yeah, one more thing. If you have a modal double face card that you turn into a copy of the Enigma Jewel and craft, do you think it'll come back as the back face? Okay, wait, say that one more. So time. you have a, you have a modal double face card. You have you have something that you could cast as either side, one of the deans or one of the one of the lands. One of the lands. Yeah, you use a card that turns it into a copy of an of the Enigma Jewel that's on the battlefield. Then you craft with your modal double-faced card. It's exiled and tries to come back transformed. Because the, the, the ones that aren't double-faced cards can come back because they don't have a back yes. face. But maybe this one can because it has a back face. It has a back face. But is it a transform back face or is it just a modal, modal double-faced back face card? So it, can't so it cannot return transform because you cannot transform okay. modal so double-faced cards. it doesn't come back. Yes. But if it was like a werewolf. Yes. If it was a werewolf that it turned could into a copy, it could, could come back as a back face. Close crafting. <laughs> And then if it's day, it'll actually be its front face because of the day. Wow. It it's a mess. Oh, I, no. These cards are... <laughs> unreal. Absolutely unreal. I dare someone to do that. I dare someone to make yeah, this happen. I, man, I, like, I've done things like this in Limited before, and it makes, it makes people... De or not in Limited, in Commander before. And it makes people desperately unhappy every time I do this. And they're like, no, you're right. This is a stupid interaction. I hate you. <laughs> Rob's doing a Rob thing yep. again. Here we are. Up next, another new mechanic, Discover. Discover. It's a new mechanic that's exactly like an old one. <laughs> yeah. uh, so let's look at um, Capera Octi Sunborn. Is that how we want to pronounce this? Caparocti. Caparocti? Caparocti Sunborn. I don't know. If I don't know if the second C is hard or not. but Yeah. Um, I have so, a pronunciation guide for a lot of cards in this set, but not this one. Not this one? Okay. Well, it's white-red 2 for a 4-4 four, four legendary creature human soldier. Uh, I don't know. This looks like just a regular random dude. Why is this legendary? I didn't even read that um, the first time that I read look, I'm looking at him right it's now. It's just a guy. It's just a random soldier. <laughs> I don't know, Rob. It's an uncommon. It's Why is this legend? Okay. Pretty good sword. Why is this man legendary? He looks like just some yeah. dude. Uh, he doesn't have a title. Rob, you'd be surprised how many legendary people look like just some yeah, dude. Luke fair. Skywalker. I suppose this might be his dude. name. His Like, this could be first name, last name. I'm just not. I just assumed Sunborn oh, was a title. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Could be. Yes. So when, it, uh, when he attacks, you may tap two untapped artifacts and or creatures you control. If you do, discover three. 
Uh, you'll exile cards from the top of your library until you exile a non-land card with mana value three or less. You cast that without paying its mana cost or put it into your hand. Put the rest on the bottom in a random order. So Discover is kind of like just souped up Cascade. It can be anywhere if you're familiar with it. So you flip cards until you reveal something that's cheaper or, or cheaper equal to the Discover number. And then you go to cast it. If you don't want to cast it, you put it in your hand. And then the other Excel cards go to the bottom of your library. Yeah. So a lot of people were calling this fixed Cascade. Yep. Um, because you get the you avoid the feel bad of Cascade, which if you don't want to cast it, well, too bad. Yep. Um, and also, it's not going to get absolutely out of control because yep. of the uh, you can put a number on it. Yeah. And I mean, but they could put whatever on this. Like this guy is actually very good. He attacks and Cascades three every turn, right? Yeah. Uh, it, but part of the point is that it isn't tied to casting a spell. Cascade was always tied to casting a spell. They can put this at anything now. There's a random equipment that has Discover 10. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. cool. I love and that. The, so the, the thing is that it, this also is the same fix that they added to Cascade at one point, which is when you go to cast the thing, you check what the mana value of the thing you're casting is. Uh, you can't cast things higher than the Discover. So if you, uh, the, the thing that people did with Cascade was they cascaded into uh, Valky, uh, and they would then try to cast Tibble, the seven mana, more right, level right. backside. And you could do that in standard right now with, um, oh, no, it's the opposite, actually. Prototype starts high and then casts low. Yes. So you could cast the prototype, the, the low side of a prototype if you wanted to. I don't know why you would want to. But, uh, like, if you... Hey, I want a 3-3. Three, three. <laughs> <laughs> As opposed to an 8-8? Eight, eight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what? A 3-3 three, three just sounds really I'm nice. I'm a humble man. <laughs> yeah. I don't think I need an 8-8. Eight, eight. Yeah. But... <laughs> So you check the thing that you're actually casting to see whether or not the mana value is underneath the discover. And so you can't cast higher things than the discover number, no matter what. Okay. Uh, but like I said, it can be on anything. This can be in triggers. It, it, this can be, well, it's going to be on a triggered ability, but it could also be on an activated ability, like on the like on the equipment that gives it to your creatures. Sick. And so you can do it. Some, some things trigger when they when they enter the battlefield, they they discover which is also better than Cascade because then when you zombify your, di your you know, seven, six dinosaur, you could also bring along a five. Right. Which is some good. So, yeah, we we have a way more flexible way to use it. Yeah, so it's way more flexible. They can put this on a lot of other stuff and they can do the same thing as they did with Cascade. They can say, when you cast the spell, discover the lower number and it's just the same. Right. So, yeah. Great. Up next, we have map tokens. Map tokens. Uh, Sentinel of the Nameless City here is green and two for a creature in Merfolk Warrior Scout. It's a 3-4. It has Vigilance. And whenever Sentinel of the Nameless City enters the battlefield or attacks, create a map token. This is very good. Uh, so map tokens are artifacts with one tap, sacrifice this. Target creature you control explores. Activate only as a sorcerer. So this lets you explore a lot. Like, there's a ton of things that make map tokens. There are a new type of named tokens similar to treasure or clues. They're just another random game object that things create. Um, exploring is very good. Uh, it, as a note that because this when you, you sacrifice it to target the creature that explores, if the creature gets killed in response to that activation, you won't explore. Uh, if a creature has an ETB explorer and gets killed in response to the explore trigger, that didn't target, so that'll still happen. But this won't. It's just a little bit different. Yeah, I think that's very important because that is very likely to come up uh, this weekend. Yeah, because especially if you're trying to deal damage, 
The thing with Explore, like I said, you don't get priority in the middle of it. So you don't know how big that creature is going to be. So if say that you have a braid, which deals three damage, and your opponent has a three toughness creature and they target it with a map token, you might have to kill it. Right. Because you that, don't know. You, you can't you, you can't stop yeah. the explore which, once the yeah. explore starts. Exactly. Once the explore starts. And so uh, they they might be killing in response to explore triggers pretty frequently with damage spells, especially. Um, just like any good expedition. Once you start, you're you gonna stop. You can't stop until <laughs> until until you get killed on an island in the South Pacific. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, I was yep. going to say you fall down a hole that's or you how, find some gold. Yeah. That's how the saying goes. Yeah. <laughs> Once you start exploring, you can't stop. Yep. Until you're stranded in the sun. <laughs> well, you just, on a, on a high hill above the plane and bo- it, 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 there there lies a grave. What are you quoting right now? Oh, it's, um, it's from the opening to the moon is a harsh mistress. It, it has the, the gravestone of Captain Cook. Um. The famous explorer. Very nice. Yeah. Very yeah. nice. And so it, uh, you know, that I don't remember the full poem. The hunter home from the hill is the, the final line. Rob, come back and be on this show once you've memorized it. Rem- once I remember the great story of Captain <laughs> Cook, exactly. <laughs> yes, I, sure. That I'm asking you for completely out of the blue. <laughs> I shouldn't have brought it up if I wasn't willing to quote it. That's my bad. <laughs> uh, okay, up next, we've got a three for one. Yeah, um, I'm angry at this, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> so, descended, descend, and fathomless descent are all in this set. Yes. I'm baffled by this choice. Uh, so it, it, the these are all conjugations of descend, and they are ability words. So let's look at three different cards here. Enterprising Scallywag is a red and one for a 2-2 goblin pirate. At the beginning of your end step, if you descended this turn, create a treasure token. Um, Cody Scavenger, who I think should probably be your cutest card, but you're probably going to disagree, is... Yes. Megan's on Team Cody Scavenger, too. Oh, God. Uh, Is green and two for a 3-2 with Descend 4. When Cody Scavenger enters the battlefield, if there are four or more permanent cards in your graveyard, return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. And then Squirming Emergence here, which might be grossest card, is... (laughs) And also, I would argue, fairly cute. Yeah. Let me tell you, we'll talk about... (laughs) There's a lot of grossest cards. Um, There's a lot of gross Look at cards. This guy, in this I love him. Uh, so green, black, one for a sorcery with fathomless descent. Return to the battlefield. Target non-land permanent card in your graveyard. Mana value less than or equal to the number of permanent cards in your graveyard. Rob is seething right now. I I don't know why they did this. <laughs> like, well, I at first let me say I at first thought this was interesting because they chose a word which could yeah, be could mo- be modified based conjugated three ways yeah correct and i was like oh mm-hmm. well that's smart because now we can be past present future whatever we want to use this word for and it's one word but it's really not one word it's three words yeah and no, it's, it's different things words. why why is it fathomless descent descent x oh it could well, just be yeah. descent that's what i was gonna say it could just be descent for all these right oh uh, no well so descent well, descend it, it so it should have has descended is fine. Um, the But it's weird that it's different from what it is. So ha- be, having descended, you descended if a permanent card is put in your graveyard from anywhere. This I would like to posit that we change it for Spelunk. Sure. It's a great Ooh. word. So Spelunk, Spelunk. Yep. has Spelunked and Spelunk X. 
sure. <laughs> uh, well, so anytime that you see descend proper on its own, it's a number. It's descend a number. And so it's just if you have that many permanent cards in your graveyard, and those are all an ability word, everything spelled it on the card. So you could technically ignore that if you wanted to. Same with fathomless descent. Um, I actually, I'm annoyed because I can't search for these. Yeah. I need to search for a, yeah. like the participle of the word. I need to search for D-E-S-C-E and then just to produce. <laughs> That's fair. And so like, I, I'm like, but I can't just search for descend and descent. So you've lost me. Like in terms of like the utility of it, of it being an ability word. Um, Fathomless descent is just descend X. It's the, the number of permanent cards in your graveyard. I think they just thought that the phrase fathomless descent was cool. Well, it is cool. To but they could have just put that as a card name, right? Sure. Like uh, they didn't need to put it on the seven random cards or whatever. And I want to <laughs> ask you a question. The descend with a number is either four or eight, yep, right? On every that, that's it. Yep. There's no other numbers other than four and eight. Yep. Those are the only numbers in the set, but they could put whatever number they want. They could. They could. And so that's the other weird thing is like, why? It, like, I understand that this is threshold. This is just harder to hit threshold. And it's kind of super annoying to try to figure out whether or not it works or not. Because you have to constantly be checking your graveyard. Yeah. And you have to check particular cards. Yes. Yeah, so you have to pull out particular types of cards. For threshold, you just count to seven, right? Sure. Seven instants look at you there. It's all the same. And so you have to like tag out different types of cards in your graveyard. It's a little annoying to play in. Yeah, I agree. Um, and just like it descended is a good trigger to have. Like I think Enterprise Excalibur is super cool, actually, because you can attack with this. So the thing that I want to talk about descended is it does it, it descended checks if it happened. It doesn't care whether or not it was around. So if I attack you with a 1-1, one, one, you block and kill my 1-1, one, one, and I cast Enterprising Scallywag, at my end step, it knows that I descended this chart. I had a permanent go to my, uh, a permanent card. Because that's the other half of Descent. Descended cares about permanent cards going to your graveyard. Treasures are usually not cards. The tokens are cards. And so they don't trigger your Descent. Right. Um, it's just weird. So like map token will, won't trigger a descent. Yeah. Map tokens won't trigger your descent. Neither will treasures. And both of those things are reasonably prevalent. In the set. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, I agree with you. That is a little confusing. Yeah. It's a little weird. It, it they, They're making it to like Enterprise Scallywag won't trigger itself because that would be actually crazy powerful. But it's really annoying. Well, it's good to know that descent doesn't care when it saw it happen. Yep. As long as it happened this turn, it doesn't yep. have to have been on the battlefield kind of like if you attacked the creature this turn, yes, that yeah, knows, the game knows. Yeah. that the game knows before you cast a spell yep. that cares about it. Yeah, and the other thing with descend, it, like I said, it cares about permanent cards from anywhere. Actually, so self milling, which is reason again reasonably prevalent, is a thing. Um, exploring mills you and puts permanent cards in your graveyard. Sure, and so explorer yeah. is going to turn on descend a fairly reasonable amount of the time. If, if you need descend, that's a surprisingly good way to do it. It, it isn't obvious. It took me a little while to figure out that, oh, this is actually like a cool interaction that you could explore to Descent. Uh, but it's all like, I, I really like Descent. I think Descended is a choice. <laughs> like, Well, call me wizards if you want to change it to the Spelunk. I understand yeah, spelunk that's a very, you know, it's a it's a crunchy word. It's a little awkward. Yeah. But uh, I do think it is a, <laughs> a funny word. So, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a great word. I think it's a great yeah. word. Spel I have spelunked, but it's like the old, if in the past tense, um, it's with a T instead of a K-E-D, you know? 
That's how I want to spell it. That's how you want to spell it? Yeah, I spelunked. If, if you can convince enough people to spell it your way, Merriam-Webster will update you. <laughs> that's how it works. That's how, that's how it literally means figuratively. Yes, that is true. That yeah, <laughs> they did. They didn't yeah. throw up their hands and say whatever. Yep. <laughs> Here you fine. fine. Go. You you did this. You did this to the world. Yep. <laughs> yep. And finally, we finality. have we have yeah. finality. Counter. This isn't the final thing I'm. Honest, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> finality. I took a I took a yep. shot at it. <laughs> took a shot. Um. So soul co- soul soul oil viper is black and two for a two three creature snake. Black tap and sacrifice soul coil of viper. Soul coil. Why can I not say that? soul coil? Soul coil. <laughs> Return target. Soul. It's soul. hard. Yeah. Return target creature card from your graveyard to the battlefield with a finality counter. Activate only as a sorcerer. I love this card. Yeah, this is great. This is this is just, you know, any number of any number of necromancers from the past. Yeah, like this is a but it's like but it's a snake snake necromancer. Pretty cool. And so, and then it reminds you, if a creature with a finality counter on it would die, exile it instead. And which is super cool. This is this is them exploring space that they went to with shield counters, that they've gone to with stun counters mm-hmm. of a counter that means something. Um, it's not an ability counter. They don't gain the ability finality, though that would be a cool ability. To have. Uh, but they, it just, if they would die, exile. This doesn't prevent them from going elsewhere. If you bounce a creature with a finality counter, it still goes to hand. And then no more finality counter. Yeah, no more finality counter. As normal. Or you can flicker it with an exile effect. Resurrected. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. And so there's a bunch of things that produce, put finality counters on stuff in this set. And I thought that Soul Cold Viper was the most straightforward and also it's super cool. And so you can Soul Cold Viper up something and then flicker it or bounce it to keep it forever. I, I love it. Yeah. I love the snake. Um, and now finally. Now finally. Yes. Um, caves. Uh, so caves are just a land type. They don't, it doesn't do anything special. A forgotten monument here is a land. It's a cave. It taps to add colorless. And it says other caves you control have tap, pay one life, add one mana of any color. Mm. Every, yeah. I every see. other cave turns into a, um, into a mana confluence. Uh, but they probably also tap for colorless most of the They day. probably also kill you. <laughs> yeah. Well, it, like, it, this is just reasonable, like, okay fixing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the, so caves, it's just a just a card type. It doesn't do anything. It's like a creature type. Uh, it has a bunch of, this is basically, the land type matters. They've made a special land type that a bunch of other cave cards care about. And uh, there's a handful of cards that care about caves that say, you know, search for a cave that lets you search for these special lands. They just wanted a subset of lands that things could find. They may never go back to it, which makes this a really like insular mechanic. Or they may go to it in every set, in which case it'll probably be super powerful. Cool. I mean, <laughs> I would like to see caves expand beyond Ixalan. Yeah. Lots of um, planets have a cave. Yeah. Uh, there's also 18 caves, including some back bases. So there's not actually a ton. 18? 18. Wow. I, th- I think that's, that's a lot. More than yeah. I thought. So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's less than energy had, right? I feel like this is a mechanic like energy where, because the thing is that like caves care about caves, right? And so. <laughs> but, Sounds like a nonprofit. Yeah. Uh, it, but <laughs> so the, the thing with them is because the caves care about caves, they uh, like, there's a couple that, that are just like good, reasonable generic cards, but you aren't going to get any more than that 18 for Forgotten Cave. Yeah. And so you have like the five common caves that are all 
like really good limited and pretty bad otherwise. And then a bunch of like random back faces that are all caves. Okay, great. <laughs> Did, I, You're gonna have to work harder to impress Rob Caves. I, 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 like when a, when a mechanic is like, they introduce a new creature type and they have a bunch of tribal lords in the same set for the creature type and then they never come back to it. Like nobody's excited about cephalid lords. Uh, Rob, I think you're wrong. I'm certainly excited about cephalid <laughs> Sure. I'm also, I really just need to encourage everyone to go to cavesforcaves.com and make a donation today <laughs> to support their work. <laughs> Run by caves for caves. So exactly. why does a cave donate to another cave? <laughs> a nice stalag tight. Exactly. Stalactites, stalagmites. Any kind of stalag. A cave will donate. Okay. If you yeah. donate a stalactite, do you cut it down from the roof of one <laughs> cave and move it to the other cave? Does it make oh, it, yeah. does it change the water flow within the cave to make it grow in the new cave? Yeah, it might. It might. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, this is you can learn more about the whole process <laughs> by cave. going to caves for caves.org. <laughs> Sorry, I said dot com before, but it's definitely, definitely a dot org. org. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Okay, we are now on to individual cards, um, and we're going to kick things off with Sunshot Militia. Sunshot Militia. Redden 1 for a 1-3 human soldier, creature. Tap to untap to artifacts and or creatures you control. Sunshot Militia deals 1 damage to each opponent. Activate only as a sorcerer. Oh, come on. It's really good. (laughs) Unless you throw maps at people, except you don't throw the maps at people, you hit them with the maps and keep them. Uh, Like, (laughs) yeah. So... Wait, we are like in my day, we had an O4 that you just could tap every turn and deal a damage. Well, this is, is any number. If you have four maps, this is two damage. Oh, then you don't tap this. Uh, tap any two untapped artifacts and or creatures. I see. Okay, so it has the ability to scale. Yeah, it scales up. Um, it, and it can be mix and match. You can tap it and one map because it's a creature and or artifact. Okay. Uh, which I had to read twice to make sure that it made sense that way. And uh, they can have some of the things. So the turn this comes out, you can tap it in the map because it doesn't use the taps. So it just lets you continually bonk people. This is actually, I think, better than tap to go to the dome. Uh, I I initially yeah. read it and I was underwhelmed because I'm just like used to lobber crew or whatever. But yeah, the the trade off is that it's no. only sorcery, so you have to decide not to block with it. Oh, if it's yeah, smack uh, them with the map. Yep. Oaken Siren. Oaken Siren, yeah. It's blue and one for a 1-2 artifact creature, Siren Pirate. It is flying in vigilance and taps to add blue. Spend this mana only to cast an artifact spell or activate an ability of an artifact source. And so this is fixing a problem that cards like uh, Tezzeret Master of Metal had, which reduced the cost of activated abilities of artifacts. So anytime that you see the word artifact on its own, it, it, when something says an artifact, it means an artifact permanent on the battlefield. Uh, this says an artifact source, so it includes artifacts in your hand. You can use this to pay the cycling cost of artifacts in your hand. Spicy. Uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, I like the it. They run oh, artifact okay. with cycling in the set, Runaway Boulder. You can use it to... All right. <laughs> Somebody you can do use it. it to cycle. I, I went and figured it out. Runaway Boulder is a very weird magic card. Like, it's an artifact that does nothing once it's on the battlefield. <laughs> I, I, it's a very cool card. But... Uh, Italy's ape. If it get downhill, it's just a yep. rock. <laughs> Once it's there, it's just a rock. Yeah, it's not, a, not a boulder anymore. Yeah, you flicker it to hit somebody again. So you it roll is it back up. One medium-sized boulder, the size of a medium-sized boulder. Yep. 
<laughs> best tweet from, from a traffic department of Is all. That what it was? It was a small boulder the size of a small boulder. Or something? Yeah, yeah, it was. A, it, it was. It, or it was like a large boulder. It's. I think it was a medium size. It was a large boulder the size of a small. <laughs> boulder. Maybe that was it. Yeah. Because they were trying to, they were trying to say like the size of a car, a small car, and then they they had a brain fart, and they just said it was a boulder the size of a boulder. You know, like, those were the good old days. Yep. No one tells you when yes, you're in them. Okay. Yep. A boulder, a boulder. Uh, oh, hold on! I just you found, found the, the original. Large boulder the size of a small boulder is completely blocking <laughs> eastbound lane highway one forty five. So good. <laughs> Whoa. Itali's favor is next. Yeah, red and two for an enchantment aura. Enchant creature you control. When Itali's favor enters the battlefield, discover three. And enchanted creature gets plus one, plus one, and has trample. So we mentioned discover. It's exile card to the top until you hit a three, not a two. You aren't, you aren't uh, cascading down. But this does it on entering the battlefield, not on casting. So it's, it's a better cascade, but worse. Because if they kill the creature in response... This won't enter the battlefield. It'll fail to resolve because it's a spell of the turn. Right. And then you won't get to discover. But if you do. If you do, uh, it's quite good. That's a good card. Yeah, you can nice. you can get like three twos and stuff. I think there's a four three for three in this set. Now I'm starting to get worried about milling myself. Yeah. The, did, did you know that this set has a lot of self mill? You'll die. <laughs> did you know that <laughs> games of magic have more than one win cut? Yep. Did you know you'll die? <laughs> if you go to draw a card in your library and there are no cards there, you will die. <laughs> yep. There's actually like they they mention with explore. If you explore and don't reveal a card, you don't get a result. It's like this can usually happen when you have no cards in your library. And I'm like, uh-huh. Yikes. <laughs> it doesn't come up that much. Be aware. This next uh, card is one of my favorite arts for sure. In this yes. Set. Uh, it's also. And a great yeah, name. It's, it's great a great name. name. Great art. Uh, terrifying art. Um, Uchenbach, the great mistake. Uchenbach. <laughs> Why is this a German word? Yeah, it is very <laughs> German. Uchenbach, the great mistake. Uh, black, black blue three for a six four legendary creature skeleton horror. I understand why this is legendary. Uh, it has vigilance and menace. It has descend eight. Uh, black blue four return Uchenbach, the great mistake from your graveyard to the battlefield with a finality combo. Activate only if there are eight or more permanent cards in your graveyard and only as a sorcerer. And uh, so this is this actually has descend and finality counters as the two new things together. Uh, the the thing is that if it is the eighth card, it'll count itself just fine. Oh, great. Yeah, it's great. It's if this is the eighth permanent card in your graveyard, then you get to bring it back and it'll like it has to have finality counters because otherwise this sucks. You can never stop it. It's a six four forever. That's probably still fair, though. Yeah. So to spend it like if I had the ability to cast unlimited six fours for six with Vigilance and Menace, I don't even know if that would even be good. Like <laughs> I need to be good. Yes, but by, good. The, by the time you're at the point in the game where you have eight permanent cards in your graveyard, you're probably better at figuring yeah. out how to deal with unlimited. I mean, a, a one unlimited six four. Descend eight. <laughs> I mean, we'll find out. Like, how hard is that going to be to achieve? So how many permanents do you usually have in a limited deck? Like. So I usually have 23 non-lands, 20, give or take. 23 non-lands. Yeah. Uh, so like, yeah, how many creatures or spells? 13? 14? I would say that that my aggressive limited decks will have 15. Like, I'll, I'll usually have like seven or eight non-creature. Like, Non-permanent. Non oh, I was like, about 15 permanents in most of my limited decks. Think, okay. Right? Yeah. Is that, does that seem fair? I don't know. I, like, I, if I, 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 would, I think yeah. 15 is fair. 15... Yeah, 15 feels like a solid average. Yeah. 
And so that that means ha about half of your permanents. And even if you count it up, even if you're playing a bunch of auras, even if you're playing like 17, since you have only six other things, like what is it? That's half of your. Yeah. That's like half of your permanents. OK, but it is a six four yeah. vigilance menace for five. Yeah. That's the yeah, no, 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 no. That's why I want to play it. Like the, the front half is good. Yeah. I'm just saying that. That descend eight is hard. They, they, yeah. Descend eight is very hard and they nerfed it. Oh, I suppose it's I any permanent. So it's your lands as well. Well, okay, but yeah. I, I lanes don't get in my graveyard that much unlimited. Well, when you're exploring, <laughs> no, they no, they go to my hand. hand. Okay, never mind. Yeah, like that's the other thing is I can't explore lands in my graveyard. Hmm. So I'd have to mill them. Yeah. Or discard. Them. Okay. Well, so, remains to be seen. Yep. So here's the card that with a name that you want. <laughs> there it is. Still long. They burned it on a card. I mean, they cards and mechanics do the same thing. But they're the same name. So uh, green and two for an enchantment, Spelunking. Uh, when Spelunking enters the battlefield, draw a card. Then you may put a land card from your hand onto the battlefield. If you put a cave onto the battlefield this way, you gain four life. Lands you control enter the battlefield untapped. Nice. Uh, so, like, it has that cave flavor text. I don't think it needs it. Um, but Spelunking does something very weird. This is a replacement effect, that last ability. It replaces the land entering the battlefield tapped with the land entering the battlefield untapped. But it doesn't do that. It replaces the land entering it all with it entering it untapped. Hmm. So if you have a land that enters the battlefield tapped, that's a replacement effect as well. It replaces entering with entering tapped. Correct. So there's two replacement mm -hmm. effects. Okay. So you get to pick which one applies. <laughs> oh, I can pick to have my land enter the battlefield tapped? Wow. It's dumb. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. Um, but... If something puts a land onto the battlefield tapped, say you, you know, have a primeval titan enter the battlefield that searches for two lands, they have to enter untapped because primeval titan doesn't have a replacement effect when he lands onto the battlefield. Tapped. It's so instructed you, you cannot to do so. make the bad choice. Well, with but with prime titan. time, it's actually a good choice because then you trigger amulet every turn. I mean, that's um, true. There is, there <gasps> oh, is no. one exception to this. If a land enters the battlefield as a copy of another land, that replacement effect must be applied before Spelunking's effect. <laughs> no, you would think <laughs> this is just some funny trivia, <laughs> except that there's two lands that have this be the case. Okay. Vesuva and Forgotten Cave, which is in this set. Uh, or, sorry, Echoing Deeps. <laughs> Echoing Deeps is the one in this set. That It's a land that enters the battlefield as a copy of a land in Cardinal Graveyard. Tapped. So Vesuva and Echoing Deeps must apply the replacement effect first. Which means they must enter untapped because Spelunking's replacement effect applies after them, which means that they won't trigger uh, Amulet of Wow. And this is and this was a rabbit hole. I spent like an hour on this. <laughs> uh, when somebody asked this question, they were like, for the Primeval Titan Discord. And I was like, oh, no. Well, at least it's doing the right thing. Unless you're playing Amulet. Right. They, they wanted to know, can I make bad choices? Bad choices to make Amulet better. I was like, Sometimes. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, yep. Um, Amazing. My suggestion, I hope Arena does it. it, it I hope Arena doesn't follow the rules. I hope Arena yeah, just, just doesn't. It, it's, like, it's just like, look, you never want Lance to enter the battlefield tap. What's wrong with you? Yeah. Um, but. Well, sometimes Arena does, like, you have to go into that menu if you mm -hmm. want to, like, be, assign your damage because yeah. otherwise it'll just automatically yep. assign it for you. Yeah. Um. So I, maybe it'll be something like that. Yeah. I hope, I hope Arena splunks uh, the way that you want. 
<laughs> uh, but I can't count on it. So if Arena asks you, do you want this to enter, like which one of these effects to apply first? Apply that enters the battlefield tapped first and then splunking out. Got it. Um, Magic Online will ask you because Magic Online doesn't doesn't hold your hand. Magic Online will, so let you, will let you cause yourself problems. We've been on so many dates. <laughs> yeah. Hand hold yet. One of these days. Kutzeel uh, Malamet Exemplar. Mm, white, green, one. For a legendary creature cat warrior. Kutzeel's uh, a 3-3. Three, three. It says your opponents can't cast spells during your turn. And thank God. Yep. Yep. We're playing. We're playing Pokemon now. Uh, whatever <laughs> one or more creatures you control. Each Rob just burns me. It's just like that. Pokemon doesn't have instance. It only has sorceries. <laughs> I didn't actually know yeah. that. OK. Uh, so whatever one or more creatures you control, each with power greater than its base power, deals combat damage to a player. Draw. Uh, this is something I'd like to affectionately call a word maze. We have another one later. So this is. Is so if you have some number of creatures that have a power greater than their base power. Yeah. So if you have a plus one plus one counter on Kutzil and a, another plus one plus one counter on a bear cup, and they deal damage, that is one or more creatures you control that have that each have power greater than its base power. Yeah. Uh, so you get to draw one card, no matter how many creatures you have that have bonuses. Yeah. One yeah. Card. One card. And it's just. The sentence is a garden path. Woof. It led me somewhere else. The first time I read it, I was like, wait, I have to go back and reread this. One or more. Whatever one or more, whatever one or more creatures you control each with. The each with is what got me because it's just a strange thing to drop in the middle of a sentence. Couldn't you say whenever at least one of your creatures is power yeah. greater than a space? That makes way more sense to me. Yeah. But this is standard. The standard template is what if you want to refer to more than one thing in a group, it's one or more. Oh, okay. It's just the way that the templates have been standardized too. Um, and well, so you end up with these, these sentences. I've fixed technically several part, of their of problems ours. already today. I'm yep. just saying. Uh, <laughs> Guardian of the Great Door. Yeah, we we like doors. We stand doors. Uh, white, white for a 4-4 four, four creature angel as an additional... What's uh, your deal with doors, Rob? I like doors. <laughs> they, good doors make good neighbors. <laughs> Is that a saying? Another one of your explorer sayings on a tombstone? Yeah, it's a reference to Robert Frost. <laughs> you're full poet. of poems. Yeah, Good Fences Make Good Neighbors is his actual poem. Oh, okay. Yes, I knew yes. that saying. Yeah. You're so full of poems. <laughs> <laughs> Rob's so full of poems is up yeah. the So, uh, sorry, the Guardian of the Great Door doesn't have a poem. It has as an additional cost to cast this spell. Tap four untapped artifacts, creatures, and or lands you control. Flying. Uh, so you have to spend you have to spend a total of six permanents for this one way or another. Because you can't tap the same lands that you tap for mana again. Yeah. And it's all as a cost to cast this. So your opponent can't kill things in response to prevent you from being able to do stuff. They might kill things in your upkeep because they realize that they're, you know, they're gonna get got. But um this this is a very weird card. It is um, a fascinating two mana four four. Yep. Um, if there's a, a sweet green white swarm deck, you know that's playing yep. Llama Land and stuff like, yeah, maybe it'll play this card. Well, and again, I keep referring to maps and treasure. Like this lets okay. you actually yeah. tap your treasures for mm -hmm. mana more than once, because you just tap your treasure and then use it to cast and then cast this off the treasure. Then later you get to sacrifice it for mana as well. Yeah. So love this art. Yeah, too. very. Great. Explorer's Cash. 
green and one for an artifact. Explorer's Cache enters the battlefield with two plus and plus encounters on it. Whenever a creature you control with a plus and plus encounter on it dies, put a plus and plus encounter on Explorer's Cache. Tap. Move a plus and plus encounter from Explorer's Cache into target creature. Activate only as a sorcerer. Uh, so it's just, this is unusual that they have just a random non-creature with a plus and plus encounter on it. It's fine. The rules have no problem with it. It's holding it for you. Yep. It, it's just, a, it, this is just mm-hmm. a big bag of hats. And so, like, it can hand out hats. Um, but the thing is that those are real functional plus and plus encounters while they're on it. So there's like a, there's like a sorcery that lets you animate artifacts into a dinosaur. Uh, and so. Oh, so if you make you can make dinosaur, this dinosaur, it rides along with plus and plus encounters. Oh, very cool. And so this is this is just a, a box full of hats that everybody deposits their hats when they die, and then it gives them back out. It's not hats. It's um. It's the name of my pawn shop on Exelon. <laughs> Explorers cash. Like, oh, Explorers cash. Yeah. Like yeah, like pawn me the stuff that yeah. you got out exploring, and I'll give you cash for exploring. Explorers, but minus C A S H. That's great. Cash. Yeah, no, it's good. Like the name is actually good. I just like these <laughs> things being piles. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, another use for in soul artifact. I'm here for it. Yes. Dauntless Dismantler. Uh, Dauntless Dismantler is white and one for a 1-4 human artificer creature. Artifacts your opponent's control enter the battlefield tapped. This includes maps and treasures. And X, white XX and sacrifice Dauntless Dismantler. Destroy each artifact with mana value X. Oh. And so, yep. For a single white and ship this, you can destroy any number of maps and treasure because they don't have a mana value or they have a mana value of zero. Right. Um, as mentioned, double faced cards have them, if they're on their back face, use the mana value of their front face. So you don't just get to ship this for one mana to to destroy all your opponent's transformed double faced cards that they crafted. Right. You have to fit, you have to turn the cards back over, look at the front face and figure out what the number is. And it could be any <laughs> random number because they're all over the place. Wow, what a meanie. Yep. Hulking Raptor. Uh, green, green, two for a creature dinosaur. It's a 5-3. It has ward two. And at the beginning of your pre-combat main phase, add green, green. Uh, this is just great. The this dinosaur. is a great guy, this yeah. This is great. This guy's amazing. Uh, but yeah. the thing is that that green, green gets cleared out at the end of your pre-combat main phase. So it's use it or lose it. Use it during that pre-combat main phase or don't. And then you just don't get it. It doesn't have it the special, like, this doesn't clear from your mana pool. You uh, can't take it with you, kid. Yeah, you cannot take it with you. Dinosaurs will teach you the value of living in the moment. <laughs> I mean, they certainly <laughs> will if you ever got transported back there. <laughs> I was like, the Jurassic Park is a film about yeah. living yeah, in the moment. Yeah, it's true. Everybody lives in the moment except for all the people that live. Everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Beautiful. Uh, Cosmium Confluence. Is this a Spelunky thing? Like, what do you mean? The, the Olmec head at the end of Spelunky? Is that what Spelunking was going to get? No, Spelunky, the video game. Wait, there's a, I, there's video, a video game, game called, called Spelunky? Yeah, Spelunky. You've never heard of Spelunky? Spelunky's really good. <laughs> no! It's it's a it's a roguelike no. platform action game where you descend into caverns and collect gold and and eventually you fight a giant Olmec head that turns out to be from space. Oh, that's very cool. Yeah. Ooh, that's Where did fun. you play it? Is it a computer game? Yeah, it's a computer game and a console game. And when did it come out? 2008 for Spelunky 1, 20... I like to ask Rob questions that he should not, rightfully not know the answer to on the spot while yeah, we're recording. Like, honestly, yeah. it's really impressive that he just I, And those knew. are my guesses. I'm within a year either way. Okay, okay. Um, 
That sounds very cute. They're, they're very good. Uh, Splunky and Splunky Two are very good games. So, all right. Uh, but this is the big Olmec attitude of Splunky. Um, so, green and four for a sorcery. Choose three. You may choose the same mode more than once. Search your library for a cave card. Put it under the battlefield tap, then shuffle. Put three plus and plus encounters on a cave you control. It becomes a zero zero elemental creature with haste. It's still a land, and destroy target enchantment. So you can search for three caves. You can search for one cave and put six counters on, uh, which is a pretty good deal. It doesn't. This doesn't target with the first two modes, and so you'll be like pick cave mode, boost mode, boost mode. Yeah. And your opponent's like, well, I can't stop that cave from becoming a six six because it all happens in order and resolution. And so the things happen in the order that they that they list here. So you get to search out that cave and then put counters on it right away. Great. Yeah. Um, I would suggest not choosing the last mode if you're afraid your opponent's going to sacrifice their enchantment to counter your spell because it's the only mode that turns. It's just a very random thing to put on this. But sometimes you just need to spend five mana to destroy three enchantments. Uh, I don't... I mean, Wilds of Eldraine made this kind of necessary. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Corpses of the Lost. What a great this card. This is such a good card mm -hmm. name and such a good piece of art. Uh, Izzy really knocked this out. So black and two for an enchantment. Skeletons you control get plus one, plus zero and have haste. Wow, a skeleton lord enchantment. Yep, the skeleton lord enchantment. And they don't even have to be pirate skeletons. Um, the, the ones that it makes are pirate skeletons. When Corpses of the Lost enters the battlefield, create a 2-2 two, two black skeleton pirate creature killer. And at the beginning of your end step, if you descended this turn, you may pay one life. If you do, return corpses lost to its owner's hand. So you get to make another skeleton pirate. Oh, I turn. love it. Yeah. The the oh, big trick with oh. corpses of the lost is the skeletons that it makes don't trigger descent. So you make a skeleton, you get in there with it, they trade with it, and you didn't descend because it didn't it go to the graveyard. No, it wasn't a card. It did go to the graveyard. But but the token isn't a card. So tell me the true lore of tokens here. Like, what's happening? Tokens are tokens. No, okay. Okay, because you said it. a token does go to the graveyard. <laughs> it does. But it doesn't. But you, it, Descend only cares about cards. It doesn't care about things that aren't cards. Tokens aren't token cards. token is not a card. Yeah, tokens aren't cards. They can be little plastic ponies. But it can't be in your graveyard. Yeah, it goes to your graveyard, and then it, it, it is... It ceases to exist. And then it's yeah. not in your graveyard. Yeah. I'm just trying to understand this on a fundamental. Yeah, and a fun on a rules level. fundamental level, there's there are uh, tokens are objects that can be permanent. Wow. And reductive. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so they, they are objects that are permanents and they they're on the battlefield. They can move zones. And then once they move zones, they cease to exist. Yeah, it's just weird for me to hear yes. that a token can it can be in the graveyard. It, it, can, it, it can die. So, well, I know it can die, yeah. but like it, it can go to the graveyard, but it can't be in the graveyard. Yeah. It can go to exile, but it can't be in exile. Right. Yep. So weird. Anyway. There, it, they could have, hey, this, is, this is a choice. They could have chosen to write the rules a different way. Well, I think, yeah, I think that would be confusing. More confusing, honestly. Well, did it, it, there was a period of time where when you flickered tokens with immediate flickers, they could come back. Oh, that's weird. Because they didn't get cleared away until state-based actions happened. Then they they made a rule that said tokens that leave the battlefield can't ever come back. They like it doesn't matter. Um, it, and all those tokens that were on their way to coming back are like, hey, what the heck? Yep. Uh, Pen <laughs> Penumbra Spider said, "I'm very glad that the token that I create can't get flickered because nobody understood what happened." <laughs> I'll have to discuss magic theology with somebody else later on. 
Greek theology. <laughs> the skull spore nexus is yeah. nexus. Yeah, it's green green six for a legendary artifact. This spell costs X less to cast, where X is the greatest power among creatures you control. Whenever one or more non-token creatures you control die, create a green fungus dinosaur creature token with base power and toughness each equal to the total power of those creatures. Two and tap, double target creatures' power until end of turn. Wow. So you, if two things die at the same time, say that they cast a, a Day of Judgment or Wrath of God or whatever, and it, it'll look at the, at the last powers that they had on the battlefield and last toughness that they had on the battlefield and then jam them together into a horrible amalg- amalgamation of a dinosaur. It's a great mistake. Yeah, it's a great mistake. Great. Um, if they were, <laughs> if they had their power and toughness dropped in order to kill them. So like there's, um, there's a card that gives minus five, minus five or minus 10, minus 10 if you have descent four. Sure. Uh, you'll get a token. It'll be a zero, zero. Oh, wow. Uh, so very briefly, you'll, like you'll get a zero zero fungus dinosaur if it died from, from having its toughness, the power of toughness. That's so strange. I I don't think I would have thought that. Yeah, you just it, it, it's kind of a second death trigger if you care about it, because it's like, hey, I'm gonna make you a horrible amalgamation. What were you last time you were on the battlefield? A zero zero. I'm gonna make one of those. Okay. Uh, and then you get that, and then it's like, hey, no, I'm gonna die as well. <laughs> hey. Oh, no. Wow. More theology. Yeah. Um, no, truly, I don't think I would have done it that way if I had. You don't think you would have made a token? I, no, I think I would have um, made it whatever it was before it got shrunk. Yeah. Uh, but it, it, the, it says whenever something dies, you create it with base power toughness equal to the total power of those creatures. Because if you increase the power, so it wants to interact with its third ability, right? Its third ability that doubles something's power. You, but its second ability mm-hmm. wants to look at that increased yeah. power. Yeah, that makes sense. So it has to look at decreased power as well. Wow, that's cool. Okay. You can't see an increase in power without also seeing the decrease it's in true. power. It's true. So true. Uh, the Millennium Calendar. This is a one-mana legendary artifact. Whenever you untap one or more permanents during your untap step, put that many time counters on the Millennium Calendar. So it's one trigger of your Two and tap, double the number of time counters in the Millennium Calendar. When there are 1,000 or more time counters on the Millennium Calendar, sacrifice it, and each opponent loses 1,000 life. What? Great. That's, my my notes on this just have Y in capital letters with three question marks. This is going to be the most annoying card to play in paper. How many are out there? 572. Yeah, you have to use 3D tens to track digits. Right? Wow. I wonder. Wow. Okay. Oh, man. How long would it take you to get to 1,000? Hmm? Oh, doubling? It can't take you more than 10 iterations. Oh, okay. Well, that makes sense. That's me. Yeah. That's how Yeah, because it's, it's two, to the, uh, 2 to the 10th is 1,024. But you can cheat, I'm sure, to do stuff with. Yeah. You know, prol- well, you know, proliferating. So, it, well, and it be, it, a proliferating is worse than this ability because proliferate is plus one. It, it, this, it, like, it, it shouldn't ever take you more than eight turns to kill them with the millennium. I'm just trying to get down to less than that. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you have a lot of permanence, you can you can raise your starting number essentially. But like, um, I want to take this into like lantern control. <laughs> this is like I. I'm just very annoyed that this card exists. I don't have any rules 
commentary on it other than like they, they decided that paper players were had to track a thousand of a thing like i i like it judge rob's judge tip for this card is it's annoying <laughs> it's annoying uh, and like i said it, it's it's very good though like it'll kill your opponent in eight turns largely regardless of anything else and if i mean it costs what one so one the dream yep. turn one if you play it on turn one you can kill them on turn eight largely regardless of anything um, because you'll get to start a little bit ahead just by untapping some other permanents. Yeah. Once you get up to about, or once you get up to on the order of 256 or $512 on this, it, 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 untapping, see, that's the thing, is I have to say that, right? Because <laughs> those are hours of two. You are not wrong. This is a nightmare to track if it's right. all like weird. But yeah. And it, it, it isn't just like you start with one counter and then strictly double every turn. No, it's different. Based it's it's on. random based on the number of permanents you untap. And so, like, once you get around <laughs> 256, you're untapping permanent stop producing relevant values. Because you yeah, probably don't yeah, have yeah. any permanents yeah. that are untapped. But you still have to track them. Oh, God. I, I know I'm going to open this now. I just know it. It's like, it's... It's a cool, wonderful card. It should not be in the limited format. This should be in the Commander decks, first of all. Yeah, it's totally Because it's, it's designed for Commander. And... Second of all, it shouldn't be in the commander decks because I don't want to see this in paper play. <laughs> so I, well, I just you know, have idiots. You know, Rob, sometimes you got to let people have their kind of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's fair. I, like, <laughs> there there are people that this is designed to, like specifically for. I think it's but, funny like, that it says, a, a, I mean, a thousand yeah. sounds sounds so big. How will they ever do it? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, like, it's, like, it's the, like the no, maximum. Yeah, the max happen. number is 10 activations. It's like that riddle where it's like, would you rather get you know, $50 a day every day of the month, or would you rather I give you a penny and then I double it every day or yeah. whatever? And the answer is that one. The, the answer is that I, I'll take the $50 because the other number crashes the world economy. It's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so nice of me to be so considerate about well, other, it. Well, well it, I, it, money isn't worth anything. I pick crashing yeah. the world economy. Every time. <laughs> Fair. So I'm that, I, I press that button. Fair. Um, <laughs> here's another word maze. Sovereign... Volcanic Ahu? Is that correct? Um, so I have trouble with this because the last word is A-H-A-U. And in Welsh, that diphthong is O, <laughs> but it is not in in this uh, pronunciation. I want to say it's Ow. Ow? Yeah. Okay. But I, I could be wrong. I don't have it in front of me. Okay. Anyway, it's a real mind F for me. <laughs> it's the, it, it, I've taken a semester of Ojibwe. Like every combination yeah. of two random balls just yeah. hits totally bizarre to me. So, um, so the sovereign here is uh, white green two for a legendary creature, Cat Noble. It's a three four with ward two, and whenever uh, the sovereign attacks, for each creature you control with power greater than that creature's base power, put a number of plus one plus one counters on that creature equal to the difference. Okay, <laughs> hold on. Here we go. Can I yeah, it's, back it's a in little a little Agrella the magpieish, huh? <laughs> hmm. Whenever it attacks for each creature you control. Okay. Okay. I got with there. power greater than that creature's base power. Uh -huh. <laughs> I just love that Maria's getting slower. So no, it gets long. worse. But a number uh, plus one plus one equals the difference. So it's like however much more it is than its base power, you put it gets that again. Yes. It's like really. And it's sick. not just the it's sovereign. Like doing it, it doesn't matter whether or not the sovereign has a higher power than its base power. It only matters if your other creatures yeah. do. Right. The one that, uh, uh, whenever this attacks. So yes. 
Yeah, so if you have a 2-2 with one plus one plus one counter on it and you attack, it's going to get another yep. plus one plus one counter because the difference is yes. one. And then the next time you attack, it'll get two because now the difference is two. Yeah, and then we're doing some Millennium Calendar yes. math. So wait, does this do multiple creatures? Yes. They all have... Pl- yes. Oh. Uh, if I have a, a Lana Ralph with a plus one plus one counter and a Bear Cub with two plus one plus one counters, the Lana Ralph gets one additional plus one plus one counter, the Bear Cub gets two. Wow, sick. It's very good. Yeah, oh. very good card. But it really took a hot second yeah. to parse. Okay, we got there. We did it, yep. fam. Mm-hmm. This is apparently green white cards have the or have decided to be garden path sentences in this. That's their that's the that's their uh what is it called the limited their their guidepost thing. Oh, the signpost on common. Yeah, the, sign, the signpost cards in this set for white and green are sentences that are really hard to read. <laughs> And so it tells you you should be collecting the hardest to read sentences in green and white. I mean, if this if you can keep attacking with this thing, well, like yeah. yikes. And you've got ways to put plus one plus one counters on stuff, obviously or, we have it, but it's not just plus one plus one counters, it's higher power. So if you give your creature plus three plus three and trample from the giant growth in the set, that'll put three plus one plus one counters on. Oh my god. Yeah. You're what this right. is trying to do, this is trying to do the card staying power, which says that um until end of turn effects don't matter. Sure. So that's what this is attempting yeah. to do very, like, whenever this attacks, make sure that until under turn effects stick around. Yeah. Uh, is what, like, structurally, I, it, like, I, I want to giant growth this, give it plus three, plus three, attack with it, and then put three plus one plus one counters on it, which then stick around. Hey, um, I love it. Yeah. And this just happens to also scale up randomly and do a bunch of other weird random things as well. Yeah. If you're winning, guess what? Win more. You will win more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, 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 and you're usually not going to be too losing because there's a three four for four with board two. Like the the floor yeah. on this is just like an above rate hard to kill creature, or an on rate yeah. hard to kill creature. I guess we're in the future now when you get five fives for four. Yeah. So yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Rob. That was very informative. Yeah. Um, oh. Overall, uh, how do you feel about the set? It has too many words. It's got a lot of words. I I, I got a lot yeah, of words. I, so. Do you know, question, if this has the most words of any set, are we not there yet? I I would have to go look. I didn't. Yeah, I don't know I if anybody's checked that out. Okay, so. So the thing is that the double face cards in the set don't have more words than the teens do. So it's probably not that bad. And there's a lot of cards in the set that just have like two or three real words on them. They've got a pile of reminder text. It, it depends on how you count that. Sure. Right. Because if a card just has like, uh, you know, when this enters the battlefield, explore two, discover three or whatever. Yeah. That's a pretty short sentence, but it's a lot of stuff. Right. So I, there's a lot of like French vanilla-ish creatures that are like, there's a 1-1 one, one <laughs> ETB Explorer for single green. I just, I wish that this, that sets weren't so, so complicated. I wish they took their complicated stuff and did what they did with the Doctor Who set. I just opened those, those decks. Mm-hmm. Those have every word that's ever printed and that's correct to go on a Doctor Who card. Oh yeah, for I, sure. I don't mind <laughs> Every word ever printed. And sometimes twice. Like, uh, the, it, like the, it, there's there's cards that say like if you control thirteen doctors and I'm like that's a good line of text yeah it doesn't mean anything but it's a good line of text I control thirteen doctors I run a hospital twelve out of thirteen doctors agree what are you doing yeah. here <laughs> this is I'm this is how I moonlight do you have do you have time to do this no absolutely not people are dying uh, yeah I just wish sets were a little less crazy arcane complicated I guess we're the like. We're in the timeline where they've just made, they've made the decision, yeah. I think, to be more complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And we're also in year 30, right? They're producing yeah. how many cards a year? You know, mm-hmm. 6,000. A yeah. billion. And so 6,000 is, it's like, what, like 2,000 yep. new cards a year? Or yeah, yeah, no. yeah. And so you, you run out of simple things to do. I'm fine with just having three threes for three with no abilities with two relevant creatures. I maybe. miss three threes for three with no abilities. Yeah, that's what you say now. But if they brought a core set back, I guarantee we'd be like, we would be bored. I love core We'd be, bored. We'd be I have two different core set uncut sheets on my wall. Like, <laughs> I, like you, you can say this, but like Origins is one of my favorite sets of all time. Oranges okay, but is or- special. Oranges is an exception. It was really yeah. great. But it, it, what I just want is like, why is it they're just like a, like the last time we were at Exelon, they had like a 4-2 dinosaur for three and a 3-3 dinosaur for three. And that was actually interesting and limited, right? Sure. And you're like, bring back at least some yeah. simplicity mm-hmm. to the characters. Yeah. I, I don't. Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. fair. Bring back some simplicity. Yeah. Not everything has to have. We, don't have, we didn't have any vanilla creatures in standard, right? Really? Yeah. yeah there's. So we're not. That's. Wow. Yeah. I'm, I'm surprised. I did not know that. That's yeah. shocking. So, yeah. The only way to get vanillas was to make vanilla tokens. You couldn't wow. actually. It like. And it, to be fair, vanilla creatures are usually bad. Holy cow. They aren't going to see play in standard anyways, unless they're like, the, the right, the but right the power But the fact that there just aren't any right. is, I'm shocked. Yeah. And so the, like the-, the There's none just, right now? Um, I think that they printed one in the last three months or something. But there was a period of time for, wow. that they, that they cycled out the last vanilla creature, the last time it cycled up, that standard cycle. Wow. And so, right. I, I, like, in vanilla- you weren't going to play them anyways, unless they were the right size and the right subtype, like shape. Honestly, like like creature creature type lords that make those type lines relevant, that make type like type lines have secret text are just fine. Like you can make yeah. a bunch of cards that like make dinosaurs worthwhile. Then you print a dinosaur with the right stats, and then great. Now your dinosaur is super exciting, and, or your merfolk super exciting. This may involve pushing some stats more on some of these vanilla creatures, but that's okay. You can push power more. Mm-hmm. No, but it, like if if you had a, if you had a, a if you had a three mana five two dinosaur or a three mana five okay. one dinosaur. I'm into that. These are these are interesting that's, cards. That's a, that's no a fine card. Three mana yeah. five two. Like I might yeah. play a three mana five one instead yeah. if it had a, a reasonable t- if it had a type play that was well. I have a lot of um, gross cards to talk about. Okay. First up, we just have to give an honorable mention to Out of Air. It's not gross, but it's my nightmare. So yeah. talking about it. Uh, don't you know what? Don't go in caves. It is All horrifying. Right? Yeah. It is horrifying. Uh, that is the argument to be made. I also want to say I we have never had a grossest <laughs> a grossest card name. Oh. Um, but squirming emergence <laughs> is it. That is a horrible like, name. Yeah. It's r- truly, truly, like, absolutely awful. Really disgusting. Um, but the card is not the grossest card. It would be, but that pirate hat really makes it yeah. kind of cute. Exactly. Like, it makes it just silly enough that, like, it can't be this. I did it's almost not- consider it for cutest card, but I was like, really, the hat is what's cute, so I can't. Like, yeah. the hat is cute, but, yeah, no other part of it is cute. Um, Abyssal Gore Stalker. This is a classic too many mouths situation. What a what a name, um, Abyssal. Uh, yeah, Abyssal Gore Stalker. Really, 
really pretty disgusting. Yeah. Um. Here we go. Death Cat Marionette. Not it, but very high up there. This one does not have the hat yeah. to make it cute. Yeah, so it's, it's it the same thing. Only awful. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Same thing, but no hat to like. Yeah. To mitigate what we're seeing here. <laughs> really, the horrors awful. persist. Um, yeah, absolutely. Of course, fungal fortitude. See, like you said, there's so many gross cards. I just keep naming them. Fungal fortitude, absolutely disgusting. Really nasty. Seem to have a thing against fungus. Oh yeah, I do. I absolutely I mean, have a thing against. Yeah, and fungus. especially taking I'm over okay. people's bodies. Like I, I get it. Yep. Anyone can know it. But this one is about my personal disgust, as usual. Yeah. Um, primordial gnar. Is a is a giant house centipede. It's a it's a house centipede that can take over a castle. No. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. The scale you know, is what gets me on this one because if it's a little exactly. bug, it's not such a big deal. Where, Look where at the you, size of that gate. No, oh, it's over the gate. Yeah. Yeah. Primordial gnar is disgusting. Oh, no, thank God. you. Hard yep. pass. I found one a silverfish in my house for the first time. No. I wanted. Oh God! I, I want to burn the whole sorry, thing down. Yeah, they're awful. I forgot about. Okay, gosh, this one is tied for first because this one is also disgusting to me. Starving revenant is like I don't know what's happening, and it's what, but whatever is happening, I don't want to understand because it's so disturbing. <laughs> I, I mean, don't it is want to know what's happening. Like here. as it, as promised, it's a horror. It's just uh, hungry. Yeah, it's a horror. I don't care. <laughs> I think that guy's got some edibles. That's pretty good. What? No, this the starving revenant is like really, really disgusting. Why is he walking with his elbow? I don't know. Oh, I think that that he's just holding a thing up to his face, and his arm is just disproportionately weirdly long for no reason. Mm, they're all it's all yep. bad. Counterpoint: It's all yeah. bad. Well, so that anyways, that's great. it. You know, we've great had smart. some sets that haven't had a lot of gross stuff, and this one really came back. Yeah. They did it. They did did a good job. There's a lot of like. Skulls covered with with uh, fungus. Yep, exactly. Gross stuff. Well, all right. Um, yeah, Maria, take us on to, to nicer yeah. territory. Yes, it's now time for cutest card. Um, And I was scrolling through the set and I was a little bit, I started to panic a little bit, everybody, because I was like, oh no, are there not going to be any cute cards? I scrolled. Are there too many I gross scrolled cards? for a while and I didn't see any. Um, But don't worry. Because they were all clustered yeah. in one color in this set. Is it artifacts? <laughs> it was green. Mm. I have a lot of green cutest cards and one red. Um, You're doing kind of gnomes. Well, okay. Show me your show me your gnomes that you love so much, Rob. Okay, there's there's a bunch of cute gnomes. I personally don't find gnomes very cute. I find them <laughs> just as I would find another human. I'm they're, like, they're little nerds with jobs. <laughs> I find them as I would find another human. <laughs> like, who do you think is cute of these gnomes? Uh, so, uh, let me look through all well, the several oh, It's taking you a moment. I well, think. I have to. <laughs> They're not all gathered together in the place. I, uh, I actually was a huge fan of David the Gnome when I was a child. Do you mm, remember that show? I do. It has the greatest theme song of all time. If you haven't ever heard it, everybody, go look it up. The video, the theme song, incredible. We have definitely talked about this before, and I didn't believe you. Yeah, that it was. It's a show. it's great. It's very and and so I'm like I. It's not that I dislike gnomes. I just like you know. Yeah. Look at the, look at Hotfoot gnome here. Hotfoot gnome is like he's an adorable dude just running around with hot feet. 
<laughs> I don't know. There's also Dynamaton. The Dynamaton, I will give. Uh, I will give credit to. That is cute. It is a small dinosaur. He just wants to sell you some stuff. Okay. He's got a basket full of bread. He's just, he's just has a job. Uh, yeah, it's all right. It's all right. Look, <laughs> let's go through what I, uh, what I identified on my first pass here. Okay. Um, starting with, uh, this one was pointed out to me by somebody. Oh, yeah. And so I have to call it out. Zoyowa Lava Tongue, which is a little cute little goblin warlock who is screaming in delight. I think, I don't know why. But he's very happy. He looks like he's setting things on fire. Yeah, just <laughs> just doing some fun, having a great having time. A great time, and it reminded me of my first ever cutest card, um, which was the guy from Return to Ravnica who was holding, a, dipping a little guy into a, a cauldron. Yep. Oh yeah, he dipped. Um, so yeah, that's on the list. Um, I have to call out nurturing Bristleback, which is a dino mom with her dino baby. Yeah. And now I'm not one to be like, cute baby, but that's a cute baby. I mean, dinosaur babies are probably cuter than human babies because they're bigger. So they have like, they have more cuteness. And functional, much faster. Yeah. 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 Speaking of, there is a cute dinosaur in this set named Armored Kincaller. Okay. Who is wearing a very cute set of armor. And I just think it's cute that this dinosaur feels like he needs to gear up to go into whatever battle he's going into. As if being a dinosaur was not enough. Needs to put on yeah. his little armor. Here is uh, your raccoon, you yep, do. Cody Scavenger. Cody Scavenger. Mm-hmm. Um, he painted himself. He's all dolled up. <laughs> he, he has a little collection. He is all dolled up. Look at his collection. He's got a great collection. Uh, the flavor text is amazing. The difference between trash and treasure is a matter of perspective. Yes. And he has a cute little collection of rocks and stones and various other things. Adorable. But it's not going to win. There's lots of there's lots I got to mention here. A restless prairie, obviously. Yeah. The llama land, I think, is extremely cute, and the fact that it turns into a llama. Yeah. A plus. The, the first thing when I saw this card, I took a screenshot of the turning into a llama, and I posted it in my in my uh, private Discord. I was like, "Is this the best land ever printed?" <laughs> <laughs> llama land. Um, we've got to give a shout out to Bedrock Tortoise, um, which. Is so an incredible cute. tortoise wearing a city on its back and a beautiful golden crown. But I finally came to the conclusion that this tortoise is more regal than cute. Yeah. So, That's fair. Yeah. I, very, I, I rated him regal. as impressive and like. Yeah. 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 Just just very regal. Professional. Yeah. Poison dart frog. Of course. This card is very cute. They, they really went all out. They pulled they out did. all the stops on this one. I will say that this is pandering. Yeah. This is pandering. <laughs> So I'm not going to. I agree. Do you know what? For once, I agree with Maria's call of pandering. I agree. This is pandering. So I'm not going to let it win. I will not succumb to the pandering. I see it here. Yeah. This frog is pandering. And guess what? You've got to earn it. And for that, I give the award to none other than Growing Rights of Idlamok with these beautiful little. What the heck even are they? They're the fungus people. Little fungus people. Yeah. Uh, performing some kind of ritual. <laughs> yeah. Wait, did you not even mention Basking Capybara? Uh, let me look up Basking Capybara. There's Capybara cards. Oh my God. Well, there's the, it, I don't find Capybaras as cute as everybody else does, but. Oh, look at him. He basks. He's pretty cute. Okay, we'll put him on the list. Basking Capybara okay. gets on the list. There, there's the other one. But do you know what? I get it. He's in yeah. hot tub. These are cute little weirdos in growing <laughs> rights of it. Lamont. These are cre- tiny little Teeny teeny little fungus people. One yeah. has a staff. They've got great hats. 
They're doing some kind of demonic yeah. rite. That's a very cute They're activity. Really cute. <laughs> <laughs> Summoning some kind of green nature Satan is a very cute activity. <laughs> Congratulations, Growing Rights of Lamak. You are the winner of cutest card, but only one side, <laughs> not the other. Yeah. Oh, that's the other copy, but that's like a giant girl. The staggering size. Yeah, yeah staggering size. Yeah. yeah, that's cute. Yeah. Too. So green, as you can see, green has a ton of yeah, cards. Yeah, disproportionate. Mm-hmm. But like Very blue, cute. not not holding its own here. White, what's happened to you? It had gnomes. They're too noble. <laughs> They're too noble. But I truly do love growing rights of it, Lamak, with these little uh, these little sorcerers doing their t- teeny tiny magic. <laughs> so congratulations, cutest and grossest cards, everybody. If you happen to open them after your release, we'd love to see you take a picture with them and send it to us. Megan, what's happening over there? I just accidentally almost took oh, over okay. the Well, it sounds like it's time for us to get out of here. <laughs> Rob, thank you so much for being on our episode and uh, sharing your wisdom with us, as always. like to do it. I enjoy weird questions. Well, we'll try and make them even worse next time. You better remember, memorize some poems before you come in. Yeah, I'll, I'll actually do some more poetry research instead of just magic card research before I come on next Thank time. Thank you. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> well, everybody, that's this episode of Good Luck High Five. I hope you're super ready for your pre-release this weekend. Thanks again to Judge Rob, as always, for coming on and schooling us in the way that he is so wonderful at. Thank you again so much to everyone who contributed to Yacht Fun 2023. Yacht Fun, Yacht Fun, Yacht Fun. Ryan, Native Runner, Jonathan, Manuel, and Jeffrey. Thank you so, so much. If you would like to contribute to the Yacht Fund and get a shirt that says, I got Maria and Megan arrested by the Bolt Police, uh, please consider becoming a patron at $10 or more before our next episode of Patreon.com. Yep. Slash GLHF Magic. Still, we don't have any donations while we're recording, but, um, you know, that could change at any moment. Someone will be able to figure it out when we're recording. And that that challenge gets a special shirt, too. Oh, yes. The coveted um, I'm a witch. I forget all the text. There's more text that goes on it. (laughs) Yeah, there is. It starts with I'm a witch. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect for Halloween 2024. yeah, it's been a it's been a fantastic time learning about everything that we need mm-hmm. to know ahead of the pre-release. I hope everybody goes out and visits their local game stores this weekend and supports them. They're what keep the game alive. Uh, if you want to check out the streamer early access event to see people playing the event early, that's going to happen on Thursday starting at 10 a.m. Pacific, which I think is a really fun way to get ready for the pre-release as well as watching Loading Ready Runs pre-pre-release from last weekend uh, on their VODs. Mm-hmm. Well, next week, everybody, we'll have stories from the pre-release for you, giving you our first impressions of the new set. And uh, we'll give you some yacht progress updates, you know, because I've got to get out back and I've got to chop down a tree and start getting some hot glue guns going. Yacht progress. Like, okay, yacht rock is a thing and prog rock is a thing. So yacht prog rock. Whoa, yacht prog rock. That'd be actually really good. (laughs) Would it? Okay, if you think you know a band that would identify as Yacht Prog Rock, please go into please. our Patreon Discord and tell us what band it is. Please. we I do legitimately really want to know. Or put it yeah. in the comments below. Yeah, yeah. Or, or on YouTube. Yeah, we put it in the know. comments. Because there's got to be a band that fits That's those yacht two. Yacht Prog Rock? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Or- uh, <laughs> looking forward to hearing it. <laughs>